Hey everybody, it's Kayla. Um, I know it's been uh, a minute since I put out that first episode and I kind of promised a bit of consistency here, but now is <laughs> now is the time, I guess. Um, and once again, I'm really excited. It felt fitting uh, to do the first episode with the first person I've ever met and the first person I've ever encountered, um, which, <laughs> which would be my mother. And that was kind of corny, but I think it signifies like my roots. And so it makes sense that um, it would be the roots of this podcast as well. So I've got my mother here. Hello. Uh, Celeste, but probably just mom throughout the episode. Um, And we're enjoying our Christmas. Uh, I hope everybody else is enjoying their Christmas as well or their holidays. and we've got a uh, quite a bit to talk about, so we're just gonna kind of jump right into it, if that's all right with you. Sounds good. Okay, so I've got some like guiding questions for us to go over, but um, all in all, I think it's best that this is just kind of a conversation uh, that we're letting others into, but really just a conversation between me and you. Okay. Um, and I feel like I'm gonna learn. Uh-oh. I feel like I'm going to learn a bit <laughs> like that I, I didn't know about you and about our relationship and I'm probably the same uh, same thing. So I guess just to start it, how did you feel when you knew you were going to be a mother? I was <laughs> surprised at first um, and then I was excited. Mm. It was kind of funny because your grandmother and your Uncle Harold were like waiting for this moment. (laughs) I definitely, when I was growing up, like the thing for us was you don't come home pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) And so I remember when my mom and my brother were at like, I was 28 and they were like, "Uh, you know, you can have a baby. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, you mean I I can come home pregnant now? (laughs) So, yeah, it was exciting. It was, it was, I was nervous. Um, I'm a single mom, so I wasn't quite sure. I've worked with kids all my life, but mm-hmm. not babies. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just kind of like, okay, here we go. Let's yeah. do this. You, you talked about like working with kids. And I remember at a point of time when, I was going to preschool and you were, well, actually twice because yes. I guess I was going to the Y while you were working at the Y and then I went to Reba while you were working at Reba. Right. And I remember as I got, like when I got older, you later told me that you had to get out of childcare in a sense, simply because of like there being no kind of break of going from kid to kid. Yeah. So when you were, when I had you, I was working at the Y and I was the director there and you were in the baby room, which was kind of cool because I could see you whenever I wanted to. Yeah. Um, it's funny because so many people know you and it's like that you don't know <laughs> or remember. And it's always like from the why. And they're like, I remember when you were a baby and you're like, yeah, I have no concept of that. And then when I went to Reba, you were in preschool, you were three and we, you came over to Reba and I was working there. Um, But, and when I was at Reba, 
we had some difficult children there and I was the one managing the difficult, more difficult children. And I remember coming home one day and yelling at you. <laughs> um, and you were looking at me like, I don't know what I did wrong. <laughs> Why are you yelling at me? And I was just tired. I was tired of kids. And it was not that you had done anything. And I was like, oh, this, this is not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> like I need a, a break in between just it's kids all day. Yeah. And so I had to switch over to a new job so that I could give you the attention that you needed yeah. and be a good mom for you. Thank you. That's really interesting because I remember just constantly, like that was a transition for me as well. Like going from having like school and mom weren't always separate. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so the idea that school and mom, like, oh, mom's going to drop you off <laughs> and then like, and come back and, and leave. <laughs> and you're going to go throughout the whole day without mom. Right. And then mom's going to come back. I like, I feel like I needed that in a sense, especially like us being so close. Like, I don't know if everybody knows this, some people probably know this, but I was attached, like, as a kid. Yeah. You were very clingy. Yeah. And you made other parents jealous. <laughs> so, literally, there were times when I, would come, when I would come to pick you up, even when we were in the same building. Yeah. So, especially, like, when we were at the Y and you were younger. And I wouldn't see you most of the day. And then I would come and you would just, like, lose your mind yeah. in excitement. I can believe that. And other parents were just like, my child is never that excited to see me. But you would just like kind of go crazy. Yeah. Like, my mom is finally here. Yes. So. I mean, I was I was attached. I slept in the bed with you till yes. I was like, what? Like when I the number is gonna shock like easily. Four or five. Four or five, but then I would still yeah, so into like third grade. Probably. Like at one point, we only had a one bedroom, and yeah. so you had a bed in my bedroom, but you didn't sleep in it. Yeah. And then when we moved into a two bedroom, actually a three bedroom apartment, you mm -hmm. had two bedrooms, and you still didn't sleep in your own bed. <laughs> it was you were about five. You yeah. were about five before you finally really got out of my bed. Yeah, and that's late. I know that's late, but yeah, yeah I feel like. It was just because at home, it was just you. Yeah. Like, um, I think you did a really good job of, like, creating a family around me. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to tell people, like, you're from Gary. Right. Uh, you obviously have three great, well, you have a big family. I but. have a big, <laughs> I have an interesting family. But my immediate, really immediate family are my three brothers. Um as you know, like my dad passed before you were born mm. and then my mom passed while you were, when you yeah. were six, I think it was five, five or six. Um, six. Yeah. And so, and then there's my three brothers. Um, one lived in Gary. I was living in Evanston, which is like an hour away. And then one lives in Wisconsin and one lives in Florida. And we aren't, we're a close family, but we're not the closest family. Yeah. I think, Growing up, like, for me, I was always, like, the people I identified with more as family. Were the people I created family for. Yeah. So, so like, I was, I was, uh, like, even in Indiana, 
Like I remember Uncle Stan would come see me, but I, it was because I was at like Titi's house, my godmother's house. Yeah. And so like I would spend maybe a week with her, and he would come get me for a day, and we'd have you know we'd have fun that day mm-hmm. and stuff. But it was always because I was you know I went to Indiana for yeah. like Titi's house, and then in Evanston, obviously like because there was no like blood family in Evanston, it was just all aunts and uncles who were like, you know, like became family. Right. So like in our world, the way I was raised, you couldn't call adults by their first name. Mm -hmm. You had to have a title. So it had to be an auntie so-and-so or miss so-and-so or whatever. And I have some really, really close friends. And so I got my girl pack, uh, like I had my Gary girls and I had my Evanston girls and those became your family. Um, and in Gary, there was TT and she has a huge family and that became your, your Gary family. And then in Evanston, you know, it's the aunties and that extended family. But I just wanted you to have people who loved you and you, who you knew you could count on. And I just got some good girlfriends. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Which created, like, we have this huge family that's not blood, but is yeah. it is ours. For me, I think what it did for me is because, like, obviously, I didn't know my dad, or I just met, I just started talking to him. But throughout my childhood, I never felt like, like, there was a sense of feeling a void of mystery in terms of, like, there was a mystery. It was more mysterious mm-hmm. than missing, if it if okay. that makes sense. That makes sense. So for me, not knowing who my father was was bigger than not having my father around. Yeah. Um, and I think that was because of this family that you created. Like I had, you know, like father figures around and like women who, you know, filled that void as well. Yeah. And so I never felt like I never felt like a fatherless child. I more so felt like, oh, I'm 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 curious about something, which is, which is interesting, and I think that's more than a lot of people would say. Do you want to talk about your dad or just? Sure. I mean, I know you would have questions about him. I didn't know where he was, and there were times when I just didn't think that he would be the best influence in your life. <laughs> so I wasn't very actively seeking. Yeah. Um, he had his own issues and I just didn't want those to be your issues. Yeah. So I just, I, I kind of just, it was me and you and it was fine. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't think you were ready. And so as you matured and I thought you could handle some stuff better understand some stuff better then I was like okay we can do this but in the process I was like I'm going to create this family for her and again I'm, I'm like I'm lucky that I have some really good friends or and made some really good friends and definitely you have some good male role models and I, I mean I was careful with that too in a sense like even yeah but I think that I think you have very good friends but I never felt like um, these were my mom's friends. They, they were like, your family. Yeah, no, no, well, not even like they were my family because they were my mom's friends. Like they made an active choice to be in your life. Mm-hmm. But I also think like th- th- what says a lot about them beyond friendship 
like beyond how good of a friend they are, but be just how good of people they, oh, they are, are is that they made an active decision to be in your life, but that like active decision didn't have to necessarily come with being in my life completely sure. as much as they were. Yeah. Like they made that active decision as well to like, sure. like beyond being your friend, they were like, I'm gonna be Celeste's friend and I'm gonna be Kayla's aunt. Yeah. And like those two, I feel like they do a very good job of being like separate in a sense. Yeah. Like I don't feel like if I go to Emily about something, it's like, oh, I gotta remember that this my mom friend though. Like, like this my aunt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if you got, pro- you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So if that makes sense, like, like definitely, the people in our family, like you have your own relationship with them. Yeah, with exactly. Every one of them, exactly. That doesn't is not, you know, I'm not a part of. Yeah, like it's your separate, real relationship with them that has nothing to do with me. Um, and it, sometimes it took me a minute to recognize that, like <laughs> Emily would be like, "Yeah, Kayla said such and such." I'm like, wait, you talked to Kayla? <laughs> I haven't talked to Kayla. What do you mean? Yeah. So it's great. And I'm like, but that's so good. It's so it's interesting because there was a point when um I don't even know if you know this, like when I was having the surgery. Yeah. And I was like, man, you know. I don't have like a living will, you know, surgery is surgery. It wasn't major, but something yeah. could have happened. Who was she going to live with? And your uncle Daryl mm-hmm. asked me now, everybody has to understand. Uncle Daryl is my brother. Yeah. Blood. Yeah. Blood brother. Yeah. But he, and he lives in Florida and he came to me and he's like, okay, so if something happened to you, who, would I want you to stay with? Yeah. And he's like, I, he didn't, he said he didn't feel it. He wasn't going to be offended if it wasn't him because he was the furthest away. And he felt like I had built relationships and relationships for you that there are other people who would be better choices that were almost more family than he was. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, so during that surgery, I was like, Oh, who, yeah. who and I had to have conversations with people and like nobody said no like yeah I feel like it would be a bit of a fight it, it would have been like there, <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know I'm like okay we got TT who has this huge family but then that takes her away from Evanston where you've grown up and will she make sure you stay with the people who are here in Evanston oh I don't know yeah. <laughs> and then you got Emily who is you know who people thought was your mom for the first three years of your life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and they got Auntie Joy, who knows what it's like to raise an athlete. Right. Like, there's just... You got Lina, who had... Who knows what it's like to raise an athlete and what got is kids right. my age. Exactly. Like, it was just like... And I didn't make a choice. <laughs> I didn't make a choice. I just was like, I'm just have to come up out of this, okay? Because... And they gonna figure it out. <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting. Because it was like... I thank you for like laying that foundation, like in terms of obviously I wouldn't have these people in my life if you hadn't had the relationships with them to begin with. But then I'm so grateful to them too, because it's like, it just goes beyond like, for example, Mr. Andrew, like pops, he, he just, he mine. I mean, I take, I take, you know, pride in that. And just, I don't know, like he, that didn't have to happen. Yeah. That didn't, so, like, in terms of male figures, I was always really careful with 
who I brought into your life because mm-hmm. you you were you were attracted to male figures. Like yeah, that you, makes you got attached really quick. And I was like, okay, so I gotta be careful who who the men I bring into your life are. Mm-hmm. And um I remember one of them. Yeah. Clock. Clock. Like yeah. yeah. And it was like, yeah, no, this guy that can't happen, you know. <laughs> but it was kind of like Andrew really loved you. Like mm-hmm. he just he loved you unconditionally. And I could how can you not appreciate somebody like that? Yeah. And you know, we've had our ups and downs, but the one conversation we had is that no matter like if we choose not to be friends one day, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, this girl loves you and you love her. And my expectation is that you're going to continue this relationship no matter what. Yeah. I don't care if but we I, fall I, all the way out. And I don't even think that would have to be a question with him. Like, I didn't. It shouldn't have been. I yeah. shouldn't even have to say it. Like yeah. he's not that type of person. But because I remember getting into it with him like he was my dad for real. Oh, yeah. Like during my like my teenage years, like there was a time where I loved him so heavy, like I literally was just attached to him. Mm-hmm. Then there was a time where I hated all adults and, <laughs> and he was and he was in included that. in adults. <laughs> and because he was like someone who would probably be the second closest adult to me at that time. Yeah. It was like me and him were at it like yeah. for a while. Yeah. And I didn't like him, but I loved him. Yes. And he didn't like me, but he we loved love me. You. And like it's it's kind of crazy to see how much his relationship with me mirrors our relationship in a way, in terms of not necessarily that the complexities of it, but the ups and downs, downs of, of it. it. Like when I like just went in a time of rebellion, like just being a teenager, I did not like him either. Yeah. And that wasn't for all adults necessarily that I wouldn't be. No, it was me. It was like me and I didn't like him. Right. And it's interesting (laughs) to me, like that's parents. Like I almost didn't like my parents. Yes. And I don't know. And now it's like, I love him. Like nobody could say anything wrong about him. (laughs) Y'all are so close. It's so funny. It's very cute. I'm like, I, I love sitting back and watching your relationships with your people. Yeah, you know, like your uncles, your aunties, pops, everybody. I'm like, they're so different, and I'm just like, I just love it that you have people who love you. And I'm like, if anything happens to me, I'm not ever worried because you got folks. Yeah, what was it like? Like, what was the hardest part or hardest time of being like my mother or being a mother? I don't know how specific you want to get. I think the hardest part was. When Granny passed, hmm. I, because, I didn't expect that. Um, like I wanted to be the mom that she was to me. Yeah, for sure. And now she's gone. Yeah. And you're young, yeah. and I'm, you know, what do I do? How do I do this? Yeah. How do I make this, you know, be okay? But I think I did it. I'm like, I, our relationship is a lot like. Hmm. mine and hers yeah and I love that like so I think she's proud of me (laughs) um (laughs) you know like there we it mirrors it really mirrors it there was a time when I couldn't stand her there was a time when you couldn't stand me um I remember always telling you like what age 
that we wasn't gonna like each other. Oh yeah, you did say that. Like we're not gonna like each other. It's gonna be okay. And it was. <laughs> we had a good year and a half where it was like, whoo. It was really bad. It was rough. Yeah. It was rough. Your aunties would tell you, I would call and be like, so help me God. Yeah, I would, like they would. You would call them and just vent <sighs> about. Me. Oh, so help me, Jesus. <laughs> and I was like. I, it's fine because I was doing the same it's with my friends. Like, uh, it was just, I don't know. It was a moment. Yeah. It was a moment. And I got through it. Yeah. One of my friends, when I was talking about this, uh, I, I, I used this in part of a speech I did this summer, like that part of our relationship. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about listening, but I referenced that you and I had a hard time at some point. And one of my friends was talking to me and she was like, I'm happy you said that because there's actually a study I was reading about um, black women in terms of their mother-daughter relationships mm-hmm. and in that time of not uh, bonding. And I don't know much more about it. I didn't read the study, but that was interesting to me because yeah. I was like, ooh, that was us. Oof. But I think that, I don't know, we were able to get through it. I love I don't that know we what. had a conversation afterwards. I, that, that's going to be a special moment for me all the time is it, there was a moment where you and I were sitting and we like, remember when we didn't like each other <laughs> and then now we got through that and now we good. And it was like, yeah, <laughs> that we could that. reflect on it and, and know that we got through it and got past it. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. No, I agree. And I think where we are right now is like so incredible. No, I, 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 I love our relationship. That. I agree with that. <laughs> What was it like being the mother of like someone who was so invested in sports? Well, actually, yeah, sports because yeah. soccer early and then basketball. Yeah. So when you were little, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so you know there was the boys too. So yeah, Lion, Elijah, and Isaiah. Yeah, it was Auntie Lina's kids. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, man, whatever she wants to try, mm-hmm. she's gonna try. Yeah. And then we're going to figure this out because it was clear that you were going to be an athlete. Yeah. But you liked a lot of things at first. And I was <laughs> like, look, we can't do all this. Um, and you were good at most of them. So I was like, we're going to just look, keep testing it out. Yeah. And as you get older, we're going to have to weed some things out. Um, but you became like that travel athlete. And I didn't grow up knowing about that. We we yeah, didn't do that growing up. Travel. I don't know anything about traveling. And My, I was for like a, like Ev- Team Evanston was like the Evanstonian yes. white suburban travel team. Like, <laughs> like so, I, I was the only black girl on the team. Probably one of the few black girls in the program. Yes. Like, so the first game. So <laughs> first of all, Auntie Joy's daughter, Lise played Team Evanston, played yeah. soccer. So they were like, she needs to be on Team Evanston. They were the ones who helped me get to the point where I was like, okay, she could be on Team Evanston. Because they were like, yeah, she could do that. Because I was scoring like 11 goals a game. And, yeah. and so, I was, I was and so the first game was at James Park. Your first game. And it was raining and lightning. And <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, there's not going to be a game. <laughs> we're done. And they're like, we're going to go wait it out in the car. Like, we won't wait what out in the car. There's lightning and it's raining. Why would we be outside? And I called Joy. I didn't have the right equipment either. So I didn't have a raincoat and stuff. So 
Auntie Joy and them live two blocks from James Park. So I go over there and I'm like, what did y'all get me into? What is this? And they were cracking up and they gave me like the code and the gloves and all the stuff that you need. And I said, well, why, why are we waiting? We play. And Uncle Stewart was like, you're going to play in the snow. You're going to play in the rain. You're going to play in this. I was like, y'all did not tell me this. Y'all didn't tell me this. And I was thinking, this is crazy, but you loved it. So, okay, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. And I did, I did love soccer when I was younger, but it was, it was funny to me because every day that I was going to play soccer, like I would get to school early to play basketball with the boys. Yeah. Like if school started at nine, I knew that my people was going to be there at eight 30 playing basketball. So I would get to school eight 15, eight 30 so that I could sweat out my clothes and yes. play basketball. Play basketball first and, and then, then go to school and then play basketball at recess and then, you know, do finish school, play basketball after school, come back, do my homework, then go okay. back outside and play basketball. Yeah. Which is crazy. And so I think it wasn't until what, fifth grade that you actually were able it was to sixth grade. Well no, remember you did the Bam. Yeah, but, was sixth grade. but you did the Catholic League because oh yeah yeah I did the Saint A's right that was in fourth and fifth grade because we had to you wanted to play ball and I had to go and find you a girls basketball team yeah because Lincoln didn't Lincoln have didn't one. have one yeah and that was when I played with Saint A's but I wouldn't right. even say that was the beginning I'd really say fan was yeah. the beginning when I started to like be like okay this is you know this is what I want to do. Um, and like, that's when I started, I think I played soccer that fall and then stopped and played fam and then, you know, play soccer again, played soccer and told him like, Hey, this is my last time. Like, yeah, I'm you got to- mad at me about that because you wanted to play basketball and you were committed to one more season, I think in soccer. Yeah. And I, I was like, you committed to this. You got to finish it. And you did not understand that you were mad. And then I was like, but after that, you were like, okay, now I'm done. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And then after that, it was basketball all the way through. All the way. Because then it was like, I was excited. I always knew I was always the best girl at my school because I would only play with guys. Yes. And I was always one of the better just players. I remember like at Lincoln, it was. Deontay, then maybe it was Dion, and then it was me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how the teams would get picked. And I was like, and then I would play with the boys, and they would kill me because <laughs> they were all, like, they're all super athletes too. Yeah. But then I remember, I remember actually it was this one summer where I had went, the boys had moved to Huntley, and they remembered playing basketball with me Isaiah became the basketball player. I think by that time, yeah. Elijah and Lion were really playing football. Right. I went back <clears throat> and I played with them. And they were like, wait, wait a second. You can play? Like, you're actually good now. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> and that was, that was a good moment for me. Yeah. How was it once it was like high school athletics? Actually, I loved when you played high school. Like, <laughs> I became the basketball mom. Yeah, you I you was, really took that up. I I was the basketball mom. Yeah. Like I I wanted to support you, your team. I was excited about all the girls that were playing because most of them, like a lot of them on your team, 
were people you had played with that yeah. we knew. And it was just like, I know all these girls, they're all so good. I just can't, this is going to be great. And I, I, I actually miss it a little bit now. Yeah. Um, it's kind of cool. I miss, I miss, I miss that, but I'm excited about your college basketball. Yeah. We're going to come back to this in one second because this recording is about to end. Yeah. So now I'm off to college. I'm obviously playing basketball in college and I'm not too close to home. No, you What was not. the day I committed like for you? Like what went through your head like when I committed? I can't believe she just did this. Like, first of all, let me tell the story. Yes. Like, I I had gotten the offer from American and committed the same day. Yes. Like, I knew I was going to have that offer in a way. Like, by the way the coaching staff was talking to me, I knew I was about to get it. And I knew that I wanted it more than the other ones. Like, I remember saying, like, I'm just holding off. Yeah, for American because I want to go to American, and then I just like I was supposed to wait after I like they called me they're like hey we got the offer for you, and I was supposed to wait till like two days later First to of commit. All, you went for a run. I went for a run, and somebody said somebody stopped me because in Evanston, like it's a it's not a small town, but at the same time it's a small town, and this is gonna sound like boastful, but everybody does like kind of know me. Or knows my face from basketball. So I went for a run and somebody asked, Hey, where are you going to school next next fall? And I just told him, I was like, American. And I was like, you know what? I'm about to commit. <laughs> I came home. I was like, I'm about oh, to commit. <laughs> you came home. First of all, you left, you you said, I'm gonna let them know in two days. So that's yeah. where I was. And then you like, you were all over the place. <laughs> so you went for a run. And you came back and you said, I'm about to call them and say, I accept it. I'm going to commit. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then you're like, Ma, I went for this run and somebody asked me where I was going and I answered them. And it was the first time like I just felt like I got to an answer. Because people used to ask you ask me all, all the, the time. time. And, and I'm like, I don't, so know, annoyed, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and so you were just like, and so I had no time to wrap my head around it <laughs> which is kind of you you do stuff like that to me yes and so I was like okay this is where she's going and then you called and you said I'm going and I was like okay <laughs> I called them back like three hours after that I told them and it's funny because my coach now was like when she offered she knew I wanted to go too so when she offered she was like oh like, you're not taking it right now? I thought, you know, we would get an answer by the day. And I was like, hmm. Like, she didn't say that on the phone, but by the time I committed, she had told me. She was like, I was kind of surprised when you said, you know. But it was really because I had another offer yeah. that I liked as well. And which I liked one I thought you were going to. I don't she know. Thought I, I thought yeah, she was going to take You thought other. I was going to take that one, which I was actually puzzled for a second. Like, I knew I wanted to go to American more, but then I had a loyalty thing about me where I was like, Mm. Yeah. So the thing about you being loyal, I think sometimes like I've tried to instill in you to be loyal. Yeah. And sometimes it's not always good. Yeah. I mean, you know, and so I I felt like, okay, but these people have like 
worked on you and da 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 da. We don't know anything about these American people. They just got here. Yeah. And then, but it it made so much more. It made it more made sense. sense. It made more sense than the other, other one. Place. And yes. everybody you would ask who knows me, if they, I'm not going to say the other one. I'm yeah. just, if they, at, you know, they would all say like, oh yeah, of course you're going to American. Yeah. But I was stumped for a second. <laughs> then I went on that run and I was like, I'm about to come back. Yeah, she was done. And I was like, <sighs> I, and, and it felt so good to like. You were so relieved <laughs> and happy. I was fine because I could see like, all the pressure gone. Yeah. All you just you I was lacked. stressed for like you were three months. So stressed. And it just went whoosh. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, she can breathe. <laughs> like she's breathing and it's okay. And so it was it was a good choice. It's a great choice. I don't know if people really know this, but how many nights I was just stressed out. And that's for another episode. Yes. Uh but just... that'll be a good story too. <laughs> That will be a good story, but I was just stressed and just tired. And the moment I got that and committed, I was like, whoo, whoo. Then I signed that NLI. Oh, yeah, that was it. We were excited about it. Like, we were like, everybody was on board. She was crying, like, multiple times. And because of the pandemic. I signed at home. You signed it at home, and I made signs for you. And... (laughs) Made it look like you had American signs and all kind of stuff. I was like, "Oh, we gonna make this look as real as we can." Yeah, because I didn't even go on a visit to them. Like, I met my coaches in October. Yeah, <laughs> because, but that's another story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say that. Say that. Recruiting independent. You're right. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was a that was a good. How does it feel like me being away from home and it's and not even close to home? <laughs> I miss you. Yeah. And. It's hard sometimes. Um, like, I think that I've given you everything that you need to be on your own. So there's things I'm not worried about. But then there's stuff that I'm like, okay, I wonder if she did this. Oh, okay. I, I wonder if she's doing this right. You know. <laughs> so there's parts. It, it was time for you to go because you are very independent. And it was time for you to get away from me. And I could tell that was that needed to happen, like for you to continue and mature. And it was time for me too. I got my own life to live. For sure, for sure. Um, now I can go reclaim my life. Yeah. But it's hard sometimes when you're far away. It's like I'm not there. Like I'm always worried if something happens, what how quickly can I get to you? And you know that because I've already tried to like connect you with people. Uh in Washington or nearby. Well, I mean, you have, but like other people have too. Like yes. other people have done a good job of just like connecting me with people as well, which I'm really thankful for. Um, like uh, Miss Amanda, that yeah. was clutch. Yeah. I like, mean, literally when I said you were moving to DC to anybody, they were like, oh, well, I got so-and-so and so-and-so and I got a so-and-so and so-and-so and I got a cousin and I got a this and I got a that. And I'm like, okay. And you know, you want to be picky a little yeah. bit but a miss amanda came through yeah and like connected you with somebody because i feel like i want you to have family yeah i want you to have family wherever you are i think that honestly like for me the hardest part has really been the pandemic like the the obstacles that the pandemic has brought upon i don't think i'm somebody like i've learned i'm somebody who can be away from home like yeah. i know like my coach was talking like not my coach now but Coach Johnson, she was saying, like, P- 
People say they want to get far away from home, then they get far away from home, and they're homesick. And I saw my friends, you know, go through being homesick, like right. like physically ill and just stressed and all that. And I don't think I am that in terms of no. being away from home. Like I could be away from home. I kind of have created my own life here that I'm happy about, and I'm excited about like creating my life post pandemic i guess maybe yeah. not post rona but post pandemic <laughs> um but i think that it has been hard be, like having to live in isolation in a way because of the pandemic and being far from home i think that's the biggest struggle when you were little and <laughs> i used to send you away yeah <laughs> for i was a single mama i needed like to some recovery time yeah. so i would send you to your tt like for after christmas for a couple of weeks or spring break for a week and other parents would say to me like how do you do that like how yeah. do you send her away I'm like well she has to know how to be away from me especially with us because we were so close mm -hmm. and so I look back on that now and that was one of the reasons that I wasn't as worried I was like Kayla knows how to be away from me and I thought that I had given you like I knew you could cook so yeah. I'm not worried about that. She knows how to feed herself. She knows how to take care of herself. So I wasn't concerned about you being able to take care of yourself. Yeah. Like I'm confident that you be fine. Yeah, for sure. I just miss you. Yeah, I, I miss you too. <laughs> it's just like, for me, I know that I would, like the biggest things were like, dang, I want to go home for a weekend. Or like, I want to, I miss, I miss you. I miss home. And I miss Evanston. And yeah. it's like, I want to be in that. I miss, like, my family. I miss seeing everybody. But then, like, I just need about two days. Yeah. And I could jet back. Yeah. Well, that's you because you're kind <laughs> of like a, um, what's the word? <laughs> introvert. Yeah. It's not even that you're an introvert. Like, you want time with people for a little bit and then you like, I need my own time. Well, because I mean, that's like being an introvert. Like, yeah. I I definitely love seeing people, but seeing people, being around people is more draining than it is fulfilling. So, like, for me, and not draining in a way like, ooh, y'all drain me. It's like other people's energy drains me. Like, mm -hmm. I need to, like, how I recharge is to be alone. And I think sometimes when I tell people that, they get like offended, like, dang, I'm draining. And, like, Think about all the things we do that are draining that yeah. we still do because they bring joy to us. Right. Like the best things in life drain you. Yeah. Then you go home, recharge, and then you go back at it. Yeah. Like my recharging for me, like I, I tell people like I go home and, and I'm by myself so that I can have the capacity to be with you. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like rather yeah. like take that as a compliment rather than as, you know, something that's offensive, but. Like, just like people go to sleep at night so that they can enjoy their day, you yeah. know, like that's, that's the same thing, but yeah, it's interesting. But I'm excited to see, I, I'm excited about your being away. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I like that you're on your own. I like, it brings me joy. Like, yeah. I'm not worried. I'm not concerned. I love that this is happening and I'm, I'm anxious to see what's next for you. Like what's gonna happen next? Where yeah. are you gonna be next? What, yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm just excited. 
I wanted to talk a little bit about um, sexuality as well. Yeah. Well, my sexuality. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think it's an interesting conversation because of, you know, I guess the way that I, I, when I tell people how I came out, I guess, um, it, it kind of surprises people. Like, even when I talk to, you know, just people who might not be out yet, mm-hmm. like, I tell them, <clears throat> like, what happened? And they're like, wait, for real? And I'm like, yeah, that's how it happened. But I think I just came home one day and I was like, hey, mom, like, I'm talking to a girl. I'm talking to somebody and it's it's a girl. <laughs> yeah, and it kind of caught me. <laughs> What's funny is that you also thought that I already knew. Yeah, I did think you knew. Because I, I, I said something that made you think. I think we were watching a TV show and you asked me one day, like, would you ever date a girl or do you ever find girls attractive or something like that you had asked me something and I was like oh she knows she knows <laughs> so I didn't know let's just start there yeah um and it took me maybe 10 minutes mm-hmm. to like work it out in my head mm-hmm. and you know I'm stupid some days <laughs> in a funny way and so my first thought was, oh, my God, I don't have to worry about her getting pregnant. So that's good in that sense. <laughs> like, what then, a parent response. <laughs> the, right. The, the very normal parent of a, a female response. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, OK. And that was it. I'm like, yeah, it didn't change anything at all. Hmm. That's interesting. Like at all. And then remember when you were worried about um you had a girlfriend over and somebody was coming over. Yeah. And I was like, and you, you know, sometimes you were worried about what people were gonna think. And I was like, first of all, this is your house. Yeah. This is your home. And the one thing, and I want you to carry this forever. You are to be comfortable in your own home. Period. So if somebody got a problem with you and they're coming into our home, they're going to leave. Yeah. Like they're not welcome here. They can't have a problem in my house about what's going on in my house. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. And it doesn't matter who it is. And I now that I, a big part of that and probably also why I was so comfortable is that my best friend is mm-hmm. a gay man. Mm-hmm. And I have told people repeatedly, like, you don't say nothing bad about him. You got a problem? Because you will be gone before he will be gone. Mm -hmm. Trust me. And it doesn't matter who you are. Mm -hmm. Like, I love this man, this man. And he going to be here for me forever. And I'm going to be with him forever. This is is my ride or die. And you my ride or die. And and. To be honest, like I knew that I knew that like my uncle uh, is a gay man, and I knew that your relationship with him and your like I don't want to say acceptance because it's nothing to be accepting of, but I knew your relationship with him. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't, you know, like having a gay best friend doesn't translate necessarily in terms of child. having yeah in terms of your acceptance for your gay child or your your queer child. Um, because a lot of people, it's like, oh, I accept it until it hits home. And so a lot of people go out in the world and they see people, they can be close with people, they can be friends with people mm-hmm. who maybe maybe have 
an aspect of them that um, they they carry and are fine with. And then the moment that aspect reaches into their household, it changes. It, 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 changes. it, it doesn't change with that person necessarily, right. but it can become a problem between those two just because your acceptance of it doesn't have to be like your acceptance of um of queerness mm-hmm. like in the relationship between your your best friend and you doesn't have to be a full acceptance right you know what i'm saying like it doesn't have to be a full acceptance in order for that relationship to thrive because you can kind of hide it in a way i, I don't want to say you can hide it but in a way like it's it's different when it's like yeah. your child like now that's like oh like I'm gonna have a, a woman over at my at my dinner table during Christmas, oh, and, and you're shaking your head no, like that doesn't I mean, bother I don't me. Care. Yeah, but <laughs> that, but it's not really about you in terms of coming out. Like what what you have going on doesn't really like, and like what you think doesn't necessarily kind of give reason to my comfortability in coming out because. All that you could have thought and all that I knew of you before coming out mm-hmm. could have been completely different after coming out. And that's so true for so many people that, like, all that you thought, like, that didn't make me more comfortable in a sense. Gotcha. Like, it made me more comfortable in a way that I knew you weren't outright, like, hateful. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, I didn't know how accepting you were going to be in a sense just because, like... I knew you weren't necessarily like out there on the front lines, like allyship necessarily. So it's not like I knew you're like giving effort to this. Like this is a personal fight for you. It didn't feel like a personal fight for you. And so then, you know, like, like I think there's two things that can happen if something isn't a personal fight for you and it comes into your household, it becomes a personal fight for you or it becomes something that you, you know, don't like, right. or it becomes something that is, um, stressful or not even stressful, but it was in the show today. She said, it's become a bother. It's become a burden, burden. in a way. It's become a burden. It's become something that's made my life more complicated in a sense. And so I think like, I'm no, no, I don't, yeah. but no, I'm don't just saying that, that yeah. but like before that, like I think you did a good I don't I don't think you did any substantial job of like I think you did a, a good job of making me feel comfortable before coming out in terms of like your acceptance and your I knew that you were going to love me yeah. regardless of yeah. anything. I knew that you were going to love me regardless of anything. Yeah. I don't think there was anything prior to that showed me like oh, she's going to be somebody who's going to ride in terms of this aspect of my life. Like I, I could have easily seen you just kind of ignoring or tiptoeing around it as well. I never saw you as being someone who was like hateful towards it, mm-hmm. but I could I could see you as being someone who tiptoed around it just because of the simple fact that it wasn't your fight before. And that goes for anybody, right. you know what I'm saying? So how do you feel now? No, now I feel fine. Like now I feel like, I don't know that it's, I think, you, I think you're in learning mode. Yeah. So I think you, want to learn a lot i don't know that you're like a fighter for necessarily like lgbtq rights in a way but i think that you do want to learn in a sense i think that you would fight for mine like me specifically 
Like if someone attacked that aspect of my identity, like you would come for them. Oh yeah. And you would protect that. Yeah. And that's way more than a lot of parents. A lot of queer <laughs> children can say Same. about their parents. Okay. Like that's that's a lot more. I think you would protect that. I don't know that you would protect everybody's because you know that I share that with them. So I kind of feel like I'm and I'm just thinking about this right now. <laughs> so like when you started playing basketball, mm-hmm. I kind of like knew nothing about basketball. I wasn't watching basketball on TV. Yeah. And I feel like I became a basketball mom. Yeah. Like you're not at home and I still watch basketball. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy to me. Yeah. <laughs> but I kind of feel like I don't know where I was going with that. It's I kind of almost it's kind of similar to me. Like yes, Rod is gay and like I'm not into like his life in that way. Yeah. Um but definitely in the learning mode and want to know more. And I feel like we've had conversations where like I became a lot more comfortable asking you questions. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. But then but like, I still kind of sometimes like, like there was a time like, oh, and it still is. I'm like, okay, Kayla, how do we feel about this? And when I say, how do we feel about this? Like, so when pride month comes up, that's not something that you really like talk about or do. And I'm yeah. like, okay, we should be doing something, right? Should, should we not be doing? Like, so I'm kind of trying to feel you out. Yeah, for sure. For me, I think my biggest thing is that like, I'm not necessarily, um, like, I don't, I, I've never been, have I been, I've never been a pride. I'm so. not somebody who like, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not a big party person in general. So like, I just, you know, I don't, I don't really do big parties like with a whole bunch of people that I don't know. And so that's why like pride wasn't necessarily my thing. I wasn't someone who necessarily like was saying that I'm queer every moment. Right. Um, I think I had to grow into that as well. Like, I think my acceptance of like you had your own thing going on in terms of like learning and stuff. I think sometimes we forget that like the child has that as well. Like I'm learning. Right. Cause now like, yeah, this has been true to me for a while, but like now I have I've never had to wear it. And now that I've come out, like I have <laughs> to wear, wear this. I have to wear this. <laughs> so like now everybody's gonna know it's gonna be a part of me. So I had a lot of learning and figuring out of my own to do. But I think for the biggest thing for me is I think I think the biggest thing that like I'm trying to get at is like for example you were talking about how you had you you've had friends come up to you be like hey how do I deal with this yeah how do I deal with this and once again I think that you would protect me and my I, my identity in terms of my queerness okay. if someone were to challenge that and I think part of that uh, protection would not be solely because of the care for queerness that you have, but, but the care. care for me and that you know that this is part of me. So I have to protect the whole of you. Yeah. Which once again is something that most, I'm not going to say most, but I'm going to say that a lot of queer children cannot say, okay. you know, like, like that's something that I, that shouldn't be a blessing, you know, but it is. I got you. And it, it, it has made life 
easier for me than some of my queer peers. Gotcha. Uh, just because I know that, I, like, my mother has my back in that aspect. Um, but I think where, like, I would challenge you is, like, how do we get past that? And now how do we go from protection of Kayla, like, to protection of queer folks, even in my community that, you know, like, if there's other queer children where parents are coming up to me and, like, hey, you know, like, like, how would you, how would you respond? Like, if somebody were to come up to you and be like, hey, my child, I think my child is queer. Like, I, I, so I would probably be like, okay, and? Right, right. Um, and then I guess it would be what questions they ask me. Because my feeling is that, like, I don't understand not having unconditional love. Mm-hmm. Like, your queerness for me didn't change who you were the minute like I don't know that's gonna sound weird well my queerness didn't change for you because you didn't know about my queerness right so, but it, I, I didn't do? change no I, you didn't change to yeah you, you I didn't change, change. You. my queerness did not change me right to you right but the reality of queerness is that it is something that like is dangerous to carry you know like it's something that is dangerous. Yes. To, like that's an identity that brings danger, danger upon me. Yes. You know, like yeah, blackness and queerness. And queerness. Yes. Now I have I have thought about that and worried about that. Um, and I don't know how I don't know how I express that. Like, there's a part of me. There have been parts times when I'm like, oh, okay, how is this gonna how's this gonna work for her? How is she gonna handle this? Like, does she is she equipped? Mm-hmm. And and it's almost like, have I equipped you? Have I equipped you with the the tools? But to you can't take, be equipped. You can't take be care of yourself. But you but can't it's be almost equipped. Like, well, it's not even to me. It's kind of like even when I think about your our blackness, like sending you out to DC, mm-hmm. and you are this is one black person among none, <laughs> you know, and are you ready to handle that? Can you handle that? Like, do you, I don't know. I don't even know how to words. Well, because the problem is that you can't, you know what blackness is. You know how you've engaged with blackness and queerness is something that is new to you. So you can't compare how you've equipped me with blackness um, to, to how you've equipped me with queerness because queerness is something that is new for you. And it's, and it's something that, well, depending on, which uh, which authors you're reading? Charlene Crothers would say that you're queer because blackness is inherently queer. Okay, but like you don't identify as queer, so right. queerness is not your identity. Blackness is an identity that we share. Yeah. So you aren't um someone who like you're someone who protects me as a mother, but like my, I guess the difference would be like with white folks when we talk about blackness like it's we ask them to protect like you want to you want you want to really say you're down like you want you really want to really say like you're what what is patina love calls it something else she goes beyond ally i can't remember what she she considers it but (laughs) she she but my point is like you really want to say support like have you put your body on the front lines have you put 
your soul on the front lines? Have you been vulnerable in this? Have you made yourself vulnerable so that queer folks don't have to be vulnerable? Like, no. and, and, and the reality of it is you can't do that. You can't like know how to do that yeah, without so. like truly exploring that. So I would say that you are someone who is supportive of me mm-hmm. and you've accepted my queerness mm-hmm. because one, it's not something that bothers you. Right. Um, but two, because you accept that it is part of me. Right. So it's something that, you know, like you've accepted me. You've been an accepting mother. I, would I say that you are supportive of like queer folks? Mm-hmm. Like I would say that your support of queer folks would show further in the same way that we ask white folks to support black lives. So like you have be- to tell me what I need to be doing or I need to do stuff. <laughs> so, so I get where you're going. So I would say that I would, and I I know that, oh man. <laughs> so I need to do research. Yeah, research. And, and, and read. And read. And, you do know, I need to talk to you more. I mean, I think that you talk to me um, a good amount about like my queerness. The, the problem is like, obviously my queer experience isn't everyone's. Right. Um, and so you can only get so much from just Every talking to me because a lot of my queerness has been uh, has been informed by how I was taken care of in the household. Um, so like because I was safe at home, that informs a lot of my queerness because, you know, like even with children, when they're safe at home, they feel safer in the world. Yeah. Like that's that's sure. how that goes, you yeah. know? Yeah. So like that informs a lot, but that is not true for a lot, a lot of, of people. people. And like this isn't an individual thing, but like it's something that's systemic as well. True. So like, yeah, you gotta listen to more than just me. You gotta reach out to more than just me to be considered someone who like supports queer lives. And okay. that, I don't think that takes away from how you were as a mother, because I think you fulfilled your job as a mother mm-hmm. because you supported me. Like okay. you did that. Um, I think if you want to take a step further, which obviously okay. I would challenge you to. Yeah. And that would be more supportive of you, right? I, I think so. Okay. Yeah. I, I just want to make sure that I'm understanding what you're saying. Yeah. I got you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I hear you. Yeah. I think that we have gotten very deep into this and that we should end this on something that is positive. That Um, wasn't positive? No, that was positive. Okay. But I'm saying like something light. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So where should we go next? What has been, if you had to point out one memory... That's so hard. One memory. Of us? Yeah. That just filled you with joy or something that you won't forget. Uh, What would that be? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Okay. So there's probably more than one. (laughs) I will go back to picking you up as a kid from school yeah, and the like just total excitement that you would have to see me 
And it was like just all this love going in between the two of us. Cause I would be so excited to see you too. Yeah. But it was just like this, you know, this is my baby. This is this is my daughter. This is my child. Oh my God, I love her so much. <laughs> so that's one of them. Uh I feel like there's a sports related one, which is kind of <laughs> weird. Um maybe a thousand point, maybe varsity. That make it varsity. You were kind of excited about that. No. The other one was after you tore your ACL. Okay. Dark and, moment. Huh? Dark moment. Dark moment. <laughs> but the comeback was real. <laughs> um, I was, you had a moment where you, like, you know, you had your dark moment after, even after the tear, mm-hmm. where you were like, I don't want to play basketball anymore, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, don't force her, da, da, da. Um, seeing you back on the floor, but there was a game, the game where you fell mm-hmm. and you got back up and you knew you were okay. <laughs> and it was the play after that, that I was like, oh my God, I'm so freaking proud of her. <laughs> like she's done this now. Like mm-hmm. she's done this. And it was the pride of you, like, that was a hard time for you. It, it was just a proud mommy moment that you conquered what you for a while didn't think you could. Yeah. And I was I was so proud of you. And you won't even understand that. Like, that. when you have kids, you'll get it. <laughs> like, it was just like, oh, my gosh, she just figured it out. The light bulb just went off. She right now knows I can do this. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> and that's, like that was just 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 yeah. I think that. my I think my uh favorite moment would probably be oh this is kind of tough actually. I think committing um I think because of like I knew the sacrifices that you made and I knew uh, the ways in which I had screwed up some things and like made those sacrifices kind of not worth it in some ways because of the things I I'm not perfect, <laughs> but is. yeah. Um, but sometimes, yeah, I'm not perfect, but, um, I think like signing the NLI and being like, all right, like I'm going to school for free. Like yes. she doesn't have to, she doesn't have to worry about that. In in terms of that, that was big for me. That was something that was like, you know, that was something that was important to me. And then two, when you did say I was nervous about somebody coming over, and this doesn't really have anything to do with my sexuality. It did, but it didn't. Um, when somebody was coming over and you said if they got a problem with anything, you know, like you talked about that with you in your house, then they gotta go. And it was more of a um eternal care for me over everyone else. Like I'm your child and like you right. Yeah. And so like that, um, that was a that was a moment that I probably like will never forget as well. That's nice. Yeah, so I think this is like almost fifty minutes, almost yeah. an hour. Yeah. Um <laughs> that was good though. I enjoyed it. Um like having this as the first uh real episode, I think kind of sets some foundation for me 
uh, in the same way that like you have set foundation for me in my life. And so I- I'm really excited about this and thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All <laughs> I right. Love you. <laughs> I love you too.